contingent veterans, and everyone who's ready to change their lives. Welcome to the Christina Silva Show, educating our veterans live. Join your host, Marine Corps-trained motivator, Christina Silva, as she connects with experts, innovators, and military heroes. Now, let's get started. Here is Christina Silva. You're listening to the Christina Silva Show, designed to empower you with year-end tips. Are you vulnerable or are you victorious in the new year 2021? Over 22 years in martial arts disciplines, and he is a very well-known actor-comedian. He is a master. Please welcome Vince Ciceri to the Christina Silva Show. Well, first I want to say... Merry Christmas, happy holidays to you, and I haven't seen you, and to everybody else going through this world nightmare with us. God bless everybody, and I hope that everybody comes together in peace and love and harmony, and we all get through this together. That would be a wonderful thing. Most definitely. Well, We've been together, Vince, on the radio several times together, imploring the world about safety and also about love and getting along in business and also in personal relationships. So I want to thank you for coming together with me on Voice America. We have 160 countries that are listening to our updates, news, and our safety tips, and we're reaching a potential 3.5 million listeners. And so today is very important with the pandemic, how we want to thank everyone for holding on to the unchangeable hand of God, who is the universal creator of our planets, of our worlds, and of our circumstances. And we are not powerless. So I ask the audience, are we vulnerable or are we victorious? And we're going to find out today through your life testimonial as a hundred percent Italiano, there should be no games and no beans about what we're going to share with the world today, which we hope is... got to be careful what you wish for. <laughs> is resilience. <laughs> I know. You, you know, you have that. When you go to New York and you go to the Bronx, you're going real now. You know, you know, we go real. We're about to go real. We are real. We are reality. <laughs> Even with social media, we're out there. Everyone is a brand. And I just want to yes. talk to you about your childhood growing up as 100% Italiano. What you went through and what you did aspire to achieve since education is key and also fighting the impossible dream to make it as a well-known actor, comedian, and martial artist that we respect. Tell us about your childhood and if you were a bad boy or not. No, actually, I was a very good boy. And my mother says, oh, I never bothered anyway. I was the best kid ever. was always nice, quiet, smiling, and everybody always loved to have you around. I wasn't one of them crying loud, running crazy kids. So that's what mom says. I, I, from the moment I come out of the womb, I knew what I was going to do. God had already put the, the insight in my mind what I was going to be doing. I knew I was going to be an actor, like literally with my first thoughts. I'm talking three, four, the earliest ideas of, you know, what you're going to be was always, you know, I'm going to be an actor, period. And in that, I was, I had so many great um, legend watching these great old Western movies. I used to watch, you know, you'd see uh, John Wayne, you'd see, you know, my, uh, my friend Ronnie, uh, James Kahn, and you see these guys in the 70s and the 60s and all these great movies. And you're just like, man, I can do that. I'm going to do that. And there's nothing going to stop me from doing that. And then uh, my first one was my older sister, Debbie, enrolled me at, I think, God, I was 16 and a half. And I had already been doing theater in school, 
And my sister enrolled me in a dance contest in Florida in a thing called the Y100's dance contest for the radio station, the big, so every guy in every county and every dance team showed up. And this was during the, you got to understand, this is when Michael Jackson was popping. You had to be, you know, bad, I'm bad. <laughs> so, you know, there were a lot of great dancers out there, a lot of great, uh, it was when popping and locking. I came from the neighborhood where breakdancing started. I was in the movie uh, with uh, Sidney Poitier was my director. I was in Beach Street. I was one of the breakdancers. So she rolled me in the contest. I win first place. And what you got was a walk-on role in a film. And I did the film Porky's. And that was my very first movie, Porky's. And then Porky's 2. And then just kept going and going and going. But bouncing always on the East Coast from New York to Florida until 20, until 2000, I moved to Los Angeles. And since 2000, we've been in the, you know, Los Angeles is the big game. You remember that social media, I'm, I'm over 22, so you must understand I've been doing this a couple of minutes this and the whole industry has changed. Yes. The industry has changed so much, so much like, you know how fast your phone changes? Like they give you a phone. And like by the time you walk out of the store or finish paying the last payment, it's obsolete. The minute you walk out the store, it's like, oh, we, they're taking the sign down because the technology already changed. You already got an old phone. You didn't even walk out of the store. That's the way the acting world is today. It went from... It went from you used to have pictures. You used to have to have go out, get an agent. This is without being in SAG, go through all these things. And you used to have to take your pictures and staple your resume and put them in envelopes and take these stacks and send them everywhere. And hopefully somebody would look at you with favorably and say, wow, he might have something. Maybe we can give him an opportunity somewhere. Or maybe an agent would pick you up based on what you got. So years of that, next, this, Online starts, the, the, the online community comes on, and the whole industry shifts. Actors, we get it stuck to us when the internet came on because the producer, the, the SAG, and the producer plan, when they, you know, the online contracts, it was like the Wild West, so nobody knew what to do. So they left a loose contract, and in those first few years, I don't got to tell you, the monetary uh, earning potential of the internet, but Actors, the first 10 years of the internet, we, we got robbed. They kept everything and nobody got residuals. Nobody got nothing. YouTube, Netflix, all these things you saw actors on, we got nothing. They kept it all until finally SAG said, okay, we got to come up with a contract. This internet seems like it's going to stay around a little bit and maybe actors will start working on the internet. Now, fast forward, here we are now. You can't even, there's no, almost no more TV. It's all the internet. So everything constantly changes and you got to constantly change with it. But here's the thing. You have to be you. Don't change. Don't, don't become homogenized. And there was someone said, oh, you know, you know, you're a little, you, you, you know, he's got the New Yorkers, you got this accent, you got that accent. You know what? That's who you are. You're an actor. You go out and you act. I play Italian. I've been pulled off the air three times because I played it too good. The Italian community got upset because I played a real gangster, but I did it in real life before I was <laughs> ever did it. So it's natural. You know what I mean? 
you know, Denzel Washington plays black. You know what I mean? Because he's black. <laughs> Italian no. matter, fans. Thank you. <laughs> Well, so the point I'm trying to make is you have to go with who you are, know what you are. Any young actors that are trying to do it, listen, it's in your heart. You can't help it. But be true to yourself. Make strong choices and go out there and drop it on them and let the chips fall where they may. And you don't have, you don't apologize for an audition. You don't back up for an audition. You don't rethink it. You go in there and you say to them, you're lucky I'm even here. That's I was going to go to the beach today. <laughs> Well, you've got to take it from New York to Florida to L.A. That dynamic is a fight. You're not vulnerable. You're victorious in many of the parts that you've played. There's a famous commercial where you talked about cheese. Share about that role and what it took to win. Sure. I love that outside block you just did, by the way. I can see you <laughs> practicing. You caught the microphone. Marine Corps, hoorah. That was good. Yeah. No, no hits in the head. We got enough of those. So, okay, we'll talk about the commercial. That, the commercial you're speaking of was in 2008, the world's funniest commercial called uh, the, the Deli, Bud Lights, The Deli. And the actor I was with, it's just two of us. Uh, there's one that actually pops his head in for one word, but there's two of us. It's James Matteo from Band of Brothers. You know James Matteo, the little guy, and, and myself. And we're just two guys working in a deli talking about cutting the cheese. It's a parody on gas, obviously. And... The funny thing is, in 2008, what a year it was. 2008, America got hit. Remember? That's when everything fell apart. Okay? The commercial I did was supposed to be on the Super Bowl. They said it was too risque. They yanked it off the Super Bowl, right? That year, my mother dies. And then they call me at the end and tell me I won the world's funniest commercial on the contest for Kevin Nealon's World's Funniest Commercials for 2008, the Bud Light commercial was passed for the Super Bowl, was picked up as the funniest commercial of the year for 2008. And then now it's one of the top 10 banned commercials in, in American commercial television. So, you know, they do the, the top commercials from all over the world that are banned. Mine's in the top 10. I'm like number four with Bud Light, the deli. So, I mean... It, it's so crazy what you can do, what you can't do. Today, you're allowed to do this. Somebody gets a whim in their head. No, we don't like that. Then tomorrow, you can only do this. And the next day, two other people decide, no, we don't like them doing that. They're going to do this now. And they got you jumping through these hoops like crazy. Everybody's telling you what to do, how to be, what they like. I had five of those commercials pulled off the air. All mob commercials, <laughs> all crazy. And what does it do? Because... A certain group of Italian Americans says, we don't like it. You don't like what? That's our past. That's who we are. Exactly. Well, fans, <laughs> we are you listening. Like who you, are? you don't think there were never Italian gangsters in America? What are you kidding me? You still don't believe in aliens either? <laughs> From disgrace to disgust to determination, you have fought through so much. And as an Italian, now it's relevant about multicultural diversity and also the fight. So today's show is the essence of vulnerability versus victorious nature in business from Hollywood to the mat. Vince Ciceri, is that how you say your name, by the way? I, I need to get it right. Well, this is the thing. It depends on what you're looking at. If it's in the movies, in the movie business, the reason I put Vince is here. Look, my name, my, my father, my family, they call me Vinny. And my friends call me Vinny. But if you're a student or you've ever been on the mat or I've ever taught you, I'm called Sheehan, period. 
or Master Vince. And if I am in the acting world, when I first came out, it said Vinny Ciceri. And they never, ever would see me for anything but Italian. In other words, they couldn't see as anything. Oh, Vinny Ciceri, when we need a bouncer, we'll call you. You know, you go on that pile. So I made it Vince so that they wouldn't see it so ethnic. You know what I mean? And then I got more selected. They were like, oh, bring in Vince Ciceri. It, w it was just being Vinny that made these people all of a sudden just automatically look nuts to Italian. It's the same guy. It's a name. It's, it's unbelievable. Exactly. So that's the things you have to go through, these little things that you wouldn't believe would actually be a problem somewhere, you know? So um, that's what it is to, 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 to go through uh, some of these hoops and to, to go through um, in the martial arts. The martial arts teaches you to self to, about the self, to, to introspect, to, to have a better relationship and understanding yourself so you can actually have different and a better relationship relating to people and everyone around you and having appreciation for life and everyone. You know, um, I, don't, I don't subscribe to the negative hatred of all the nonsense and everybody, you know, we want to we wanna pick or yell. And make, we don't subscribe to that. Listen. We love everybody, okay? Whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever you are, you're a person. We're going to judge you by the content of your character, as a great man once said. And if you're one, you know, okay, we're on this. It's PGTV. If, <laughs> if you act like an A blank in your life, you, you're going to get treated like one. And it's got nothing to do with any of your outside look. It's got to do with your, who you are inside as a person. So I love the fact that the martial arts is not only colorblind, but sexually blind, whatever they call that. The, what is it? I don't know. What is the thing? They, so many, they got so many names now. Uh, <laughs> male, female, young, old. I got handicapped students. I got cerebral palsy students. I got... Uh, People with uh, Alzheimer's that can hardly do can hardly remember their name, but they can remember moves and defend themselves. You are open to helping everybody, and you embrace the spirit of of love and light and who a human being is, not what I can get from the person or can that person get me somewhere else. That thought process always leads to letting down. You're letting down. You know, it's about you. Go out there. And make a stand and be confident and be honest and have integrity and go out there and attack whatever endeavor you're trying to attack. And a lot of us who deal with the PTSD issues that we, I'm sure we're a little bit ahead of it, but we're going to get into it. You have to deal with the fact that we have these episodes, I'll call them episodes, that occur when certain factors are in place around certain individuals who had TBIs. And those factors, we learn to work with them so we know when those factors come up and we know when to extract ourselves from a situation so that it doesn't become problematic. Or you end up, you know, you spend a whole lifetime building your reputation and career and it takes one second to ruin it through one act of misplaced violence or, or 
misplaced uh, frustration. You know? Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing. We have a powerful open that is not the original way shows normally open. And that is because in this day and age in life, life is slapping us in the face with readiness. Are you vulnerable or are you victorious? It takes grit. It takes gumption. And it takes several times to master who you're supposed to be on this planet. We're talking with actor, comedian, Vince Ciceri, Master Ciceri in some cases, Vinny to me because I've earned it, and Vince to you if you're looking for him to star in your next movie. Vince Ciceri is a master instructor in close quarter combat, Japanese jiu-jitsu. He's an instructor, and he's placed several years of his life, two decades or more, amongst U.S. military special forces and U.S. federal agencies and law enforcement, teaching with the Patriot Keychain how to self-defend, how to stay grounded. We talked about retrospect, and we talked about introspect. And if you're ready to take the next level in your life towards your goals and dreams, professionally and personally, I choose Master Vince to help me get ready in the streets to stay on yellow. What is yellow? Yellow is the state of mind where you are aware of your surroundings and you're relaxed and confident knowing who you are. You're happy with who you are and you're affecting others by helping them no matter their displacement, no matter their PTS, no matter their financial, no matter their racial, their gender, no matter their situation, you are ready as a pillar to help them because that is what you're demanded to do with social and economic responsibility, corporate responsibility, and also as a good neighbor and a friend. Can I get an amen? Amen. Master Vince has starred in movies such as Analyze This. And what we're going to be analyzing today is not about the porkies you're eating with your tamales at Christmas time. It's all about Vince on the stage at the comedy store, making light with you like he did with the troops and me at the Retiree Expo, sharing with you how to defend yourself. Are you ready for that close quarter combat? Somebody wants your purse because they're hungry. And our president has put on hold what we're supposed to get to get by in the pandemic. That is not political that is real and we're keeping it real today with master vince so vince we talked about where you grew up in the east coast and how funny it was that you had calamity bereavement and also the biggest role play in america's number one commercial for the super bowl put on hold you also have driven harley davidson's like me and we know that our military suffers from ptsd but so do average civilians in today's pandemic how did you make it through? What did you do when someone T-boned you on your Harley? How about when your classes have to be put on hold and your students are counting on you and they have to be on social media, but they aren't really computer literate or the divide is making you depressed, anxious, domestically violent? Share with us some of your stories first, how you overcame, and then we'll get into the serious part of the show at year end 2020, one of the most critical and impactful years on our planet. You like my voice? I'm trying to be stern. (laughs) I hear that. So we're living in this crazy, I'm going to call this an odyssey just to be nice. We're in an odyssey with all these players, these Greek players in this odyssey who are making decisions like monarchs in like, you know, before America was ever around, you know, And when you can go out, 
when to wear your mask, where to go. This store can open. That store can't open. This store, oh, the bug only comes out after 8 p.m. at night. Oh, you got to close this place at 8 because the bug only crosses the street earlier. And then you get it later on that side of the street. So that's, you know, the whole thing. Those of us that know ain't buying any of it, but it's okay. You, the people in power, do what you got to do. The rest of us, as in all of history, citizens have had to have been swung from the people up top as they bat their game back and forth. The citizens always get the brunt and pay for everything. We pay for every mistake or attack or whatever, we pay for it. It never comes out of anybody else's pocket. So at the end of the day, you don't have anything. You don't, you don't make anything except for your own personal decision like today. Take a shower, go outside, go take a ride in the car. What are you going to have for dinner? These decisions are in your proxy, are in your thing. But the rest of it is noise. You don't have a choice. They're going to do what they're going to do, and you're going to swing with it, and that's it. And the fact, and the crazy thing is they know it, and we know it, and you got to put your head down and take it. That's the only problem about with all of this that really bothers me because this is America, and Americans don't put their head down unless it's, you know what I mean. They're proud. They stand tall. We stick up for the little guy. We defend the ones that can't defend themselves. We support the people that can't support themselves. We're always the guys in the white hat. The minute you take that away, for whatever little reason you're doing, you're killing the big show. And people like many of us and our friends who give their Everything, and I know a lot of guys do way more than me, S volunteering for the military and veterans and all these people. You know why they do it? Because it's the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do. So you do it because it's the right thing to do. People look at you and say, why are you doing that? Why are you doing this? I don't understand. You're not getting paid. You're not doing this. You're not doing that. Why do you do it? You do it. It's the right thing to do. Listen to me, everybody in the whole world. Get that in your head. Do the right thing. Stop trying to manipulate your whole cosmos and just do the right thing and watch how everything straightens out. You know what the right thing to do is in your heart. Look yourself in the mirror. Look in the mirror and say, am I doing what's right or am I just letting these people tell me what I got to do every way because I don't want anybody upset with me? You know what? They're going to be upset with you anyway. You might as well make some noise. I'm sure in 1939, in Germany, they would have wished they made some noise. Hmm. And my point is, we're all going through this together. We're all in this whole world has this thing. And you have to survive it, okay? I got four friends in the hospital from this thing. And I got a grandfather, Red, who's in there. You know the old Red. He came to the, mm -hmm. he came to the event. Yes, He's in the hospital right now with it. And he's 93 years old. He's not on respirator, but they're, they're taking care of him. For me, they got him stable and he's doing well. But the truth of the matter is, is that you can't go see him. You can't go visit him. You can't talk to him. You can't do anything. And I've lost about four friends in this isolationist stuff who have had no closure. One of them being my Bill Murray's 
brother, Johnny, is my very dear friend. Their older brother, Ed, just died. And it was, they couldn't even have closure. I mean, everything that we are, what's important to us is what we want to keep. Our traditions, our, our passions, um, our, our love for this country, and our love for the fact that we have a great debate stage or it used to before it got so, it used to be somewhat not gracious, but at least civil. At least in a, in a traditional debate. That's the other thing too, Christina. We are citizens. And the people up there are supposed to be better than us. They're supposed to be better than us. They're supposed to be looking out for us. You know, and constantly we see that we we have to walk and do the right thing all the time, but they hardly ever do the right thing. And it just keeps going. So now in the industry, they shut down. You know, there's no movies, no nothing being made, right? So now when they, when they send you an out, and now the new thing is, Christina, they say, Oh, we want you to go for this. It was the last one. We're going to have you do a COVID commercial. It's a COVID commercial. They want to put me up for a COVID commercial. And they, the agent sends me the breakdown. They say, this is what you have to do. You have to film every room in your house with your own camera. Then put yourself on tape. Then you have to go to a testing center, get tested, send back the results then send that result with your read over the internet on a file. Then they look at it. They see if they like your house. They see if they like your work. And if you took the COVID test. And then they asked you to sign a waiver saying you have to take the COVID test. But when we come to your house to film, if you catch COVID from one of our crew, you don't have any liability. There's nothing you can say about it. You have to sign this waiver. Listen to this. This is what they asked me to sign. I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. I got to go get tested, but they can come in my house and make me sick, and they, they don't got to be tested. What the heck is going on here? So I, I I, just passed. I just, I said, no, thank you. They said, you know, this is going to be for COVID. They're going to run this commercial like crazy. It'll be a lot. I said, you know what? I'm not going to be part of this. Do you understand? I refuse to be part of it. I don't want to be part of it. I certainly want don't want to be the face of COVID. Telling everybody, you know what I mean? Remember, we have friends that know who made it. That's the thing. We have friends that were in charge of that lab in China in 1987. And two days after this plague came out, my friend called me and told me exactly who was involved, who made it, and where they released it. But nobody ever wants to hear that information. But the rest of the world's still suffering. And us who have other difficulties... Now, actors and comedians, my God. <laughs> actors are out of their mind. You already know this, okay? Comedians, even worse. Comedians start doing comedy because they can't afford psychotherapy, so they go on stage. And they start, they just, that's their therapy, man. They go up there and people are like, this guy's funny. And you're like, man, that's just this guy telling you what happened in his life this morning, for God's sake. He's, he, but the people, they just, because it's so lunacy, people laugh.
But life truly is way, way more unbelievable than any fantasy that you could write or create. The craziest stories are usually true. It's insane. Well, this is a great earful. I had no idea you'd be so willing to be so upfront and real on the Christina Silva show. Vinny, you never cease to amaze me in educating our veterans live. I was going to ask you all about your acting career and your comedic career and being an author about the Vinnyisms, but you've given it to the world straight up. More than eight Vinnyisms. I think you've created number 10 today about <laughs> what the world should do to just see what's in the news, see what's in the White House and lead by their own example in their community. Start to volunteer when you get busy and you do look yourself in the mirror and ask oneself, as Prince Ciceri says, Master says, am I doing the right thing? We all know. Pay attention to your conscience and start making the new you during the pandemic. Is your house clean? Is your spiritual house clean? Is your apartment clean? Is your neighborhood clean? Are you sharing what you have left over for dinner? with those less fortunate. I know I did. And I want to shout out to my neighbor. Her first name is Valerie. She gave me a prime rib and some delicious fixings. And you know what I did? I fasted on Christmas day and I drove it down to the homeless spot. And when I got there, the recipients were so grateful. It chokes me up to receive that food. That is what life is about in 2020. People are needing differently than they've ever needed before. They went from jobs making 50 plus to 100,000, 200,000. We're all equal now. Even though on TV, the differences with Black Lives Matters and racial this and profiling this and that, and we're not equal and you're not ready for the commercial with COVID. No, you can still be yourself and take charge of your community and make a difference. And you can also lay down and relax, meditate, and start learning how to defend yourself. And now we're going to get into the next segment with Master. Wait, wait, I want, can I tell you one thing? Because you mentioned homeless. Thank you for and sharing. what you just did. This is something that yesterday I was riding with one of my students, one of my black belts. You've met him before, Sensei Nick. You met him at Dragon Fest. Oh, yes, and I did. We were riding downtown and we went by the homeless encampments and they were. 600 tents lined up along and we were talking about it and it and it hit me right then it hit me right then because i'm on top of all of this stuff i i spend a lot of my time reading all the declassified reports of everything that's going on that's being released and then you you can see between the lines when you get it all in there and you read it all you can see what's really happening there's a through line okay and let me say this to you the homeless community in California, in this country, but in California, has been completely out of control for years and years. But the last eight to ten years, insane. 60,000 people or something in the street. Okay, here's the thing. And unacceptable. Christina, <laughs> and I know that you'll understand this. The reason they never did anything with the homeless is because there's no money in homelessness. They know this. They can't rob any money when they get it. From, from the homeless. So here's an idea. If, like I just read and saw, they sent that ship or they sent all, they went to the LA Coliseum, I think it was, and they changed and they made a triage and they put out a thousand beds and tents and beds and all this stuff and set it up for all these COVID patients because, you know, 300 million or however many were supposed to die, all these people were going to show up on one day, okay? In a whole month, 
187 cases, period, used a facility designed, and it had 1,000 beds and 1,300 staff, and only 187 in a month showed up. Now, let me ask you, if you can raise the money to do that, to make this big rob, why don't you raise the money, hit the coffers, put, take one piece of land from California, you got tons of it, take one piece of land and give it and make it into a homeless village and put tents up for them, build it for them, build them, give them that piece. Say, this is where all these tents, we're going to build them all up. We're going to send food. We're going to send blankets. And everybody who helps and donates and feeds and brings some sort of something to the community, they write that off their taxes completely. Take, let them just write it off and let humanity actually help. Here's the thing. If you have to rob, this goes to the governors. If you have to rob, okay, put yourself in for 10 or 15% just so you can say, I did it, okay? Put yourself down for 10 or 15%. We know you need the money, governors, okay? We know you need the money. But you could solve this problem, and we saw you do it with COVID. We saw you set up in a minute everything, and then you went with a thing to, to get a, a stimulus pack. And where's them trillions of dollars going, okay? Not to the homeless. I didn't see one headline under there for homeless. How many veterans are homeless? So right there is a pathway to helping get them all off the streets and give them one gigantic open space with tents. And then in their community, they'll start to, you You have an outreach program. And like I said to Sensei, okay, what do you do now? Well, a lot of these people have a lot of skills. Let's find out who has skills and how do we use them? What does this guy do better? But he just can't associate because he's got some problems. But his, his abilities are phenomenal. Do you just discount that? You throw it away? That's a human being, just like the guy in a COVID bed. But no, he's homeless and he's poor and COVID fits your agenda. So that guy gets a bed and he doesn't. So I wanted to say that. I want to stand up for the homeless and say that and put it out there on record because they could fix it in 10 minutes if they wanted to. And they don't. And one thing about the military Either you're green, right? <laughs> or if you're law enforcement, you're blue. <laughs> but you don't see nothing except for that's my brother, that's my sister. I'm gonna I got her back, or I'm gonna help her, and that's it, because she would do the same thing for me. Well, Sorry. hallelujah and amen to that. Thank you, Master Vince. We're talking with Vince Ciceri today, up close, personal and raw. I'm so excited that the show is about others and it's about our world and the condition that we're in. It is not too late to make a change in that we can stand up for homelessness and also for America being the democracy where we are citizens. We're responsible to have a voice and we can also let out our frustrations on the air because that will give us the inertia to make a plan. And this is what I want to ask. What can we do to get personally charged with knowing about self-defense means mentally ready too. let's share with the world in this part of the show about the American old school jujitsu way of the pandemic workout for your mind and your body and your soul. Well, um, dojos in America have closed health clubs, you know, fewer staying open and taking the hits and they'll deal with it in court. But I think 97% of all, Martial arts schools have closed because 
It's contact. And I see them doing other schools. I see, you know, do some stuff online, Zoom like this. And, uh, and, uh, and uh, I watch them teach in other classes where they keep people six and eight and ten feet away and all this. Uh, here's the thing. You have to be prepared, especially today in, 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 in 2021, things are shifting. And uh, let's just take Los Angeles, which is our home. They got a new guy in there called Gascon. That's the new district attorney. Well, they defunded a bunch of the police, the robbery, homicide. They got rid of the rape. If uh, all sexual assault cases, there's nobody going to investigate them anymore. So if you get raped, you can you can make a report, but nobody's going to go out and look for them anymore, and nobody's going to prosecute it. They lowered the age so that you can have sex with somebody 10 years younger than you because half of these pedophiles all got caught in the Weinstein case, and they changed the laws real quick. So all of this stuff, I don't care. Listen, I don't care. You can't blacklist me any more than you already have. And any of any, you don't like what I'm saying, you got my address. Come to my house. We'll talk about it. Other than that, the truth of the matter is, is that um, um, you, I'm sorry, I get so passionate about this. I get so crazy. I feel you. I really do. It's incredible. Because people just, you, you, people need to be protected. And I'm not talking about masks and hats and making them all dress like they're welders going into the Walmart. Everybody looks like a welder. <laughs> I look around, I see 900 Darth Vader's. I seen a woman, she had a mask, and then she had a welding mask, and then she had a <laughs> and then she was behind ballistic missile glass. And I was like, what the heck? I can't even see you. Never mind, cough. I can't even see you. There's so much plastic. But um, the, the, these martial arts people who lost their places to go, if you're in a true method or system ours is a method aosj if you're in a true method you have a true teacher and you have true students there is a relationship that that goes beyond you know it's not going to class there is a master student relationship teacher relationship going on there which is plays on multiple levels you're not only a mentor a teacher but you're a friend you're a confidant you have to and you and you have to love them and beat them but in jujitsu, jujitsu is hands-on, is all hands-on. When you get attacked in the street, that's hands-on. Nobody's going to call you on the phone and say, listen, if you don't send me a check, I'm going to come over and give you a beating. doesn't work like that. You're going to have to be in the street. <laughs> Somebody's going to come up and they're going to grab your purse, right? <laughs> Nobody's going to, you know, you know, listen, send me a check or tomorrow I'll come throw you a beating in the street when I see you. It doesn't work like that. It's going to be now, quick, and somebody's going to grab you. And with all the laws being taken off the books – then nobody's going to prosecute it. Now, there's a new law, by the way, which self-defense, you better get ready <laughs> because if somebody robs from you or robs your house now, you ready for this one? They can rob your house, sell your stuff, and if they get caught, all they have to say is, I had to eat with it, and there's no crime. Wow. The guy could be walking out of your house with your wedding ring and your television set and your jewelry, and he can go down the street and sell it and get caught and say, I had no food, and they let him go. That's the new, that's where we're going, folks. So self-defense is certainly paramount to what's happening in the world today. Second off, if you don't already know, there's a big push on 
whether you like it or not, to take away guns or not to take away guns or whatever it is. You got the you got the Patriot keychain. It's always with you. It will handle any situation you run into, short of a guy coming up with a gun and taking a shot at you. I mean, we know. Come on, but somebody comes up and puts hands on you, you get them off you in two seconds, and you got very minimal contact. Why? Striking points, nerve striking, meridian striking, things that turn the aggressor off in one shot. I don't roll around with this guy. Hey, what happened? Well, a four, this guy's a 275-pound guy, and you're a five-foot-one woman. You know what I think I'm going to do? I'm going to grapple with him on the ground like MMA, and I'm going to try to put him in an arm bar. Then what? Then what? There's, they never think of the what. The what is you got to get away. The what is, is you have to survive without being injured. If you're a female or a younger or, or, a, or somebody who hasn't done a lot of heavy lifting and maybe your muscles are, are a little weaker or you're a smaller person or more petite person and somebody big grabs you and wants and just yanks you, they could tear your rotator cuff. They can tear the ligaments, the tendons, just in a quick struggle when you're trying to struggle for your purse. You don't have to do any of that. You get the stick, bing, bang, boom, pop, pop, pop. The guy thinks like, what was that, Gondor from, from that movie? <laughs> he went like a magic wand. I don't understand what he did. The guy touched me here, and my right side doesn't move anymore. And in 15 minutes, he goes back to normal. I didn't take any life. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't permanently disrupt this guy, but guaranteed one thing. Two things happened right then. One, that guy is going to think twice before he ever puts a hand on anybody for the rest of his life because he's going to remember that last hit. Two, <laughs> and two, you might have saved his life. Let me tell you why I explain this to people. When people get really frightened and they're really scared, you can bet they're going to go to a gun. And if, you, if people get where they feel they can't go outside, that things are going to get that bad, like in Manhattan and stuff like that, these guys are going to carry a gun. And you're going to come up, they're just going to shoot you. You know why? Because they're not thinking about the laws because they don't think the laws are working for them anymore. They don't care. Hmm. They don't care. I'm not going to go home hurt. I'm not going to let some thug that they're letting off the hook or they let out of prison or whatever it is. I'm not letting this guy hurt me because he can. Absolutely not. So the, the Patriot stick is a pathway. Self-confidence, protection, Protection for your family. Put yourself in proxy of someone else that needs help. It's non-lethal. Very easy. You, you practice 15, 20 minutes a couple times a week for a month. You'll be proficient in it. It's with you everywhere you go, with the exception of a courthouse or an airport. Many of my students, listen, I just had the police here. Um, a while back, there was a guy from the uh, uh, California Highway Patrol. He was in charge. Remember the Newhall incident? It was the commanding officer there, and he has the challenge coin. So one day, I'm at a place over here, and he comes up, and I see he's working at a Burbank Airport Police, and my friend introduces me to him. So I want to get, I give him one. I say, thank you for your service, and I give him a Patriot keychain on the arm, and I say, this is for you. He's like, holy mackerel, what is this? So I go out, and I spend 20 minutes with him, and I show him all kinds of things. That's when he tells me. This is his second law enforcement stint. He was first commanding officer there. Now he's with LA with the airport police on his second career as a sergeant. But when he came from the from uh, the California Highway Patrol after that incident, he retired. He gave me the challenge coin with the Newhall incident on it from the CHP, 
Well, he called me yesterday, or two days ago, pardon me, uh, right before Christmas. And he says, listen, um, Master Ciceri, you guy gave me a Patriot keychain once. He goes, <laughs> and I showed it to a bunch of the officers here. And they all want to know how they can get it from you. Can we carry it? And can we see you? And this was just, just a couple of days ago. I haven't even seen it. He's going to come this week. But the point is, they're starting to realize they're being handcuffed. Okay? Now, you understand that a little bit because you understand that our boys overseas were handcuffed for eight years when they were fighting terrorism. They weren't allowed to, they weren't allowed to stop it. They just had to be there, but they weren't allowed to engage that enemy. They were told, stand down, stand down. That's what we're told here now. Stand down. Let them do what they want. Stand down. They're going to do what they want. No, 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 no. We don't stand down. We're not standing down. America's not going to stand down. Americans don't stand down. I'm not saying they're not going to get beaten down. You can beat us down, but you're going to have to do that. <laughs> We're not going to we don't just lay down. But. Time to call Vinny. It is time to call Vinny if you're interested in self-defense and learning more about martial arts and protecting yourself because it's your right. While it is still your right to not stand down, you want to call Vinny and we're going to find out how to get classes registered for you and yours. Military and civilians will be welcome in their camis to civvies to meet Vinny. Master Vince Ciceri in the new year 2021 with CRS Productions. We're going to have a day of self-defense with Master Vince himself featuring the Patriot keychain. All it does is it has a big ring. It attaches to your key ring and it's got grooves so you can hold it. And in a quick few moves, you can be out in the community safe and sound with your Patriot keychain. And as we come to a close with some final safety tips and measures from Master Vince Ciceri, actor, comedian, and the author of Vinnyisms. We're going to ask Master Vince to tell us his favorite story from his new book. What's the name of your new book? And tell us about one of the stories therein. Okay. Here's your Patriot keychain, just for those of you. Why isn't yours on your keychain? Isn't it on your key ring right next to you? It sure is. Of course. Never go anywhere without it. As we say, walk tall and carry a small stick. Amen to that, fans. And here we are. Yeah. Let's hold them up for the world. You don't want a piece of this Patriot stick (laughs) when I'm hiding it in my luggage safely. I got through the airport yesterday. I'm not going to tell you where I was coming from. But anyway, I was going to one of my self-defense classes. You can save a life by choosing the Patriot stick. It goes wherever I go and it gives me a sense of security. It also massages my back. But if I point it into your joint between your two fingers on your hand, you will let me go. Amen. Amen. All right. This is awesome. We want to talk about you being an author because today's show has been explosive. Let's share some fun stories at the end and also give props to our military because we've had the chance to work with them together as well. So we're going to take it away with your book first, and then we're going to talk about the Los Angeles Rough Rider Battalion of the United States Army, our U.S. Air Force, our Marines, Coast Guard, Navy, and our Space Force. Let's talk about Vinnyisms first. Vinnyisms. Uh, Michael Matsuda, the director of the Martial Arts History Museum, curator, creator. He'd give me a Vince Ciceri day for stuff that I do, you know, martial arts, military and things. And I started talking to him. He asked me, like you, a couple of the stories. And I'd started giving him a couple of experiences. And he starts laughing. He says, oh, my God, you have to write these stories down. And I said, yeah, one day I'll write them down. He says, no, I'll do it for you. He goes, you don't understand. These are great. People really want to hear this. So. I had taught all day, and as soon as I got done, it was like late at night. He brought me over to the museum. They set up the camera, 
and they just set it up and they put uh, my lady and one of my students in front of me like an audience. And I just went for two hours into the camera, popping off the stories as they went. And then what he does is take that and then transcribes it into a book. And then the book is in obviously sections and chapters. If the book is called um, Vince Siri, my first book of Vinnyisms. What is, what is a Vinnyism? Everyone in life has their own bubble that they're in and that we know that our center of our universe is here. We all know this. It's here. Okay. Our consciousness is our center of our universe. The rest is just physical. The brain is an organ that handles the functionality, but our, our, who we are inside the, 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 the essence of what drives us and you and I being people of faith, know we are led by faith, not by assumptions, but by faith. Um, I'll explain it to you in this way. All of a sudden, you, as crazy as it sounds, I'm going to do it this way to you. You know, all of a sudden, when you're sitting there and you realize, oh, I got to pee. Okay. <laughs> right? I, I'm trying to make it as, as easy as that so everybody can understand the, me the mechanism at work here. When you're sitting somewhere and you get that feeling, oh, I got to pee, right? Sometimes there's a feeling that says, oh, I can hold it. And then there's other times it's like, hey, I got to find a bedroom now. <laughs> you know what I mean? When God, and he's always done this, when God wants me to, when God wants me to make a maneuver or do something that I would have probably rushed over, or pass by, like somebody running down the street but not stopping to actually look at what you passed on the street, like there's a tree, there's a beautiful flowers, but you just ran past the incident. When God slows you down and says, listen, this is what you're going to do. You get this tug on you that is so, you cannot resist that tug. That's how you know it's the spirit. You can't just say, no, I'm not going to do it because it doesn't allow you to, <laughs> to finish uh, one of the stories. I'm walking through Manhattan on a Monday night. I wanted to go to the American Academy of Drag Arts. I'm just going to run through this quick story. I wanted to go to the school. They, I had terrible credit, terrible uh, in school. I knocked guys out so when I was a kid, so I didn't have no good. I had GD. I got out. But they don't accept you at these, you know, the American Academy of Dramatic Arts, you know. Hey, oh. You know, everybody, when you walk in there, all you see is nostrils. You know what I mean? So that's the, the, this, this kind of place. When I went there, they were like, get out of here. You got to do it up. Well, I was working as a waiter, and I had one of these experiences. And as I'm walking, I feel this thing stop and push me right on 6th Avenue. And I, when he say stop and push you, I mean, like, just stops. And you just, boom. He says, got to go in this bar. I go into this bar. I look in there, and there's only one face. And as I open the door, that guy's looking right in my eyes, right in my eyes. Not away, not maybe, not me looking for him. I open the door, and boom, the guy's right here. And that, God said to me, go in this place. I don't drink. I'm with another guy. I don't even, well, what do you mean? Why are you going to go into a bar? Boom, you go in there. Boom, there's that guy. He says, come over here. I sit down. As soon as I seen him, I said, God, I got it. I know what to do from here. I know. I sat down. I talked to him, and I leave. Next thing you know, I go home. I thought a guy I met this big time actor who's Conrad Bain, the father on Different Strokes is who we're talking about. He was the biggest actor in the world. Different Strokes in 1986 was like the biggest show in the world. There was no bigger. Um, this guy says to me, 
God, you got talent. Why don't you go do something with this? You're hilarious. And I said, listen, sir, I've tried. I, I came to New York to go to American Academy of Dramatic Arts. It's my heart since I'm a kid. I want to go to school. And they won't even talk to me. They don't like They don't like what I am. They don't like where I come from. They don't like that I'm a street guy. They don't like any of it. And they're not going to have me. He says, let me give you a first piece of advice as an actor. If you're willing to take no for an answer, you're never going to go anywhere as an actor. You owe, you never take no for an answer. You keep going back. That's your first acting. So I shake his hand. I say, okay, thanks, Mr. Bain. I appreciate it. I go home and I'm like, God, where's the payoff? Okay. So I met a guy. Big deal. I met another star. Big deal. What's that mean? He tells me I got to go back to the American Academy. I said, sir, I don't want to go back there. They're going to send a hitman for me. Them people really don't like me there no more. He says, no, you got to go back. Go back. So my uncle Tony says, okay, yeah. My uncle Tony says, you go in. You're going to go back, right? He's one of them guys. And I says, well, come on. They don't want to see me. He says, so you know more than a star on TV? And I said, no, no, no. He says, so you're going to go back? I said, yeah. Well, when I went back the next day, the dean comes down and meets me. And it turns out Conrad Bain picked up the phone, made a phone call for me and said, if I had the courage to come back, I should be given an audition. And I said, what are you talking about? Why are you giving me an audition? Because an actor called you. He goes, he's not just an actor. He's the chairman of the board of alumni of the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. Now, you tell me, you, Christina, know there's 11, 12 million people in New York City. It's a Monday night. You're walking down 6th Avenue. It's 9.30, 10 o'clock at night, whatever it is, and nobody's around. And you walk into the one guy in the world that can pick up the phone and get you in the place that you want it to be. You tell me God didn't have his hands on that. I'll tell you, you don't have an idea what you're even, that you're even conscious. You don't even know that you're alive folks. If you don't realize that God's got his hands all over this. Wow. This is an eccentric, electrifying and absolute iconic show featuring raw and natural unscripted, Tips and Talent of Master Vince Ciceri. He's the actor and comedian from the commercial that was banned about cheese. And there is a cheesy smile on my face because he's on the show today sharing one of his Vinnyisms. If you want to learn more about Vince Ciceri and his amazing career and also his givings as the American old school jujitsu master of mixed martial arts with Japanese jujitsu, Check out Vince Desir's complete book of Vinnyisms on Amazon.com, and you can find career highlights on IMDB.com. For some of the information we shared about standing up against homelessness and other measures in your community, surviving the pandemic with pleasure and also positivity, volunteer. Get to know your community. Check out CA.gov or yourstate.gov and get to the VA.gov because you should be thanking a veteran every single day. And if you're able-bodied or disabled, you're still whole enough to choose God. Have faith and never quit. Equip yourself with the Patriot keychain just like me and get to sign up for some classes online. And if you don't have those resources, you still don't have to give up because you can expect the unexpected, just like the streets of Manhattan where the actor gave Vinny what's meant for him. My mama used to say, what's for you, no one can ever steal. So it's time to recover, regroup, and refresh. And with this final thank you to Master Vince for staying with me all this time, if you have an episode and you need help, the VA is there for the crisis hotline. And you'll be hearing more from Master Vince because my gift to him in the new year is a recurring position on the Christina Silva Show. Always reach out for help. So the Veteran Crisis Hotline is 800 
273-8255. And Master Vince, let's give a shout out with your closing remark in 30 seconds to our U.S. troops, especially our U.S. Army L.A. Rough Riders and our Air Force at L.A. All around the world. <laughs> You said an oorah. Well, you're listening to the Christina Silva Show, and we'll be back next week on Voice America's Variety Channel at the same time, same place, but with a different flavor. And we'll be back next time. May God bless America and the Ciceri family. God bless America, everyone. We love all of you. And Thank that's you a wrap. Service. Thank you for your service. And that's a wrap of the Christina Silva Show. A virtual bow to our Master Shihan Master Vince Ciceri. We'll be back next week. Be safe and keep on keeping on. Thank you for tuning in this week to the Christina Silva Show. Be sure to check back for new episodes every week on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you soon and Semper Fi. Mm-hmm.